It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Chief. Here's your host, Matt Derry. All right, let's plate this thing, everybody. The first of many playoff editions of Wired, the Pistons podcast. Welcome in as we discuss what is going to be an interesting next couple of weeks, certainly the first time since 2016 and for the first time ever at Little Caesars Arena. We'll have Pistons playoff basketball as Detroit will face the Milwaukee Bucks in the 1-8 series in the Eastern Conference. Congratulations going out to Dwayne Casey and his team as the club is into the postseason. Matt Derry with you on this Thursday into Friday. The first of a couple of editions before we get to game number one Sunday night at 7 o'clock for the Pistons and Bucks in Milwaukee. If you miss the schedule, it's simple. Detroit at Milwaukee this coming Sunday night, 7 o'clock, which you can see on Fox Sports Detroit Plus. Wednesday night, April 17th for Game 2, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox Sports Detroit for the Pistons and Milwaukee. Series shifts back to Little Caesars Arena for Games 3 and 4. Saturday, April 20th at the LCA at 8, again on Fox Sports Detroit. And Monday, April 22nd at 8 o'clock on Fox Sports Detroit as well. And then the uh, Game 5, if necessary, Wednesday. Game 6, Friday, April 26th, back in Detroit. And if this thing goes 7, Game 7 would be Sunday, April 28th. So they always kind of space these things out and, and, and push the series. So the Pistons will start Sunday in Milwaukee, but then get two full days of rest, Monday and Tuesday, before Game 3 in Milwaukee uh, next Wednesday. No guests on this show tonight. What I want to do is kind of recap the season, look ahead to this series, and talk about some things that I have seen and do it in an objective way and I and I think a fair way for Pistons fans to kind of get my thoughts on what I saw this year. And now, look, the goalposts haven't been moved. The goal, the ultimate goal for the Pistons at the start of the season and Ed Stefanski, the general manager, and Dwayne Casey, the head coach, and the players all said it all throughout the year, including owner Tom Gorris as well. It was in New York last night after the Pistons clinched in a blowout win over the Knicks. The goal was always to make the playoffs. And whether fans are unhappy, whether fans are happy, whether fans are sad and, and despondent over the fact that Tuesday night, the Pistons had to limp their way through a win against a G League-led Memphis Grizzlies-type team, fine. But regardless, goalposts don't move. The Pistons' goal was to get in, and they're in. And do I think the Pistons are a special team that's going to make a deep run in the playoffs this year? I don't. Do I think the Pistons have earned the right to celebrate today? and feel good about themselves, that they are one of eight teams in the Eastern Conference, one of 16 teams in the NBA that has made the postseason and got into the tournament? I do. Because for the last many years, the Pistons have not been a consistent franchise. They have not been a team that has won enough games to your liking, and they have not reached the playoffs. And it was in 2015-16, under Stan Van Gundy, when the Pistons had some young players that were starting to develop. Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson were on that team, the only two guys left from that 15-16 playoff team. A young guy in Stanley Johnson, who was sort of the LeBron stopper in that series. And if you recall, the Pistons competed very well as the eight seed with the soon-to-be-crowned champion Cavaliers, only to fall in four games and get swept. We can go over the playoff history. We can talk about how this team hasn't won a playoff game in, 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 in years. We could talk about the last two times the Pistons have made the playoffs. They've been swept by the Cavs and, and go through that jazz. 
But the bottom line is this. A healthy Blake Griffin, a seem to be seemingly motivated Andre Drummond, and the emergence of an outside shooter in Luke Kennard give the Pistons some positivity going into this playoff series. Milwaukee's really good. All right, the Bucks won 60 games for a reason. They've got the best player in basketball on their team in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis, the Greek freak, is a freight train. And anytime he gets a rebound and can take it 90 feet and go end-to-end length of the floor and finish with a ferocious dunk, there's nothing that can stop him. The Pistons lost four games to the Bucks this season and got crushed in many of them. Milwaukee is not a good matchup for the Pistons. Toronto, in my opinion, would have been a better matchup based on the fact that Dwayne Casey knows the Raptors' personnel very well, based on the fact that the Raptors have a history of <coughs> gagging in the playoffs. But you're dealt the, you play the cards you're dealt. The Pistons, unfortunately, Blake Griffin's knee has been bothering him and been sore for the last few weeks. He's not been 100%. Detroit limped through a couple of games last week against Indiana and, 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 and you know survived a Memphis game on Tuesday. Beat up on the Knicks on Wednesday to get in. It might not be the prettiest way to get in. But I'll disagree with anybody that says they backed in. They didn't back in. They had to win last night, and they did. They came out through the first punch, through the second punch, and through the third punch, and put away a grotesque Knicks team and did it in impressive fashion. And now the focus shifts to Milwaukee. There's no pressure on the Pistons. Nobody is going to pick them to win this series. Nobody thinks, a lot of people think, they're going to have trouble winning one or two games. The Bucks have never been in this position before, where they are the one seed and the prohibitive, prohibitive favorite in the Eastern Conference to get to the NBA Finals. People like Philly, except Embiid is hurt. People like Boston, but the Celtics seemingly have always imploded any time they've gotten on any kind of good run. And Marcus Smart might miss the first two series. Indiana's without Victor Oladipo. And while the Pacers play a really good brand of basketball, they don't have a chance, in my opinion. It's down to Milwaukee and Toronto. If you look at it, uh, you know, in the East. And the Bucks right now are playing very good basketball. But they've got some injuries they're dealing with as well. Will Tony Snell, their sniper off the bench, be healthy? What about Nikola Miritich? Is he going to be healthy? And, and ready to go after injuring his hand uh, a couple of weeks ago. So those are questions that the Bucks have. Will they have the best player on the floor? Yes, in Giannis. And we'll preview the series and get even more in-depth uh, with a guest or two before Sunday's Game 1. But I want to you know, do this podcast today here on Wired on Pistons.com, brought to you by Jeep to kind of recap the regular season and to kind of give you my thoughts on what I saw. Number one, all right, the Pistons finished the season 41-41. and That is average. The Pistons should have finished with a better record. And you can go back to the couple, uh, you know, a couple of months ago when we had Ed Stefanski, the team's, uh, you know, uh, senior advisor, who said, we've left some games on the table. We left some wins on the table. And the team has been streaky. 
when you look at the, the when you look at everything this team did and accomplished this year, number one, and I said this before, it starts with Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey, the head coach, is a winner. Dwayne Casey's got a great head on his shoulders. Dwayne Casey knows when it's appropriate to get ticked off after a game and walk away to from the media. He also knows that even after a loss, there's some times you need to finesse this group and treat them with kid gloves. Other times the gloves come off. He's a veteran leader that these guys respect, that these guys listen to, and he doesn't fly off the handle. And he's won his share of playoff series as a head coach. Dwayne Casey's been to the Eastern Conference Finals as a head coach. Dwayne Casey's won an NBA championship as a lead assistant coach under Rick Carlisle, the great Rick Carlisle, and the Dallas Mavericks years ago. He's been there. Now, I do understand that Stan Van Gundy had also had been there and had been to an NBA Finals as a head coach of the Magic and everything else and going back to 2016. But I think this group responds to Coach Casey very well. And I love the fact that you know he's the guy holding their hand and walking many of these young guys into that arena on Sunday night in Milwaukee. You wouldn't want anybody else doing it. And they, he's had his share of problems this year. Here's Blake Griffin down the stretch of the year on one leg with a wrapped up left knee. Here's your starting point guard, not healthy to start the season and not healthy for a majority of the season. Not an excuse, fact. Reggie Jackson has not been healthy for most of the season. He seems to be healthy now and played pretty well uh, in New York on Wednesday night. Ish Smith missed, uh, what was it, 26 games this year? 26 games due to injury. Only played in 56. And there are some that will argue that Ish Smith is the reason this team is in the playoffs after carrying the team Tuesday night and their come-from-behind win down 22 to the Memphis Grizzlies when he scored 22. Ish Smith, by the way, is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, playing for money. But it all starts with Dwayne Casey and, to his right, Blake Griffin. And if this team is going to want to make any kind of run and win any kind of games, Blake Griffin's got to get healthy. Smart move by Dwayne Casey and the medical staff on Wednesday night to sit Blake Griffin and not play him with that sore knee against the Knicks. No reason to play him. You, If you can't beat the, the worst team in the NBA, the Knicks, w- without Blake Griffin, um, I think that you didn't deserve to make it. And the Pistons went out, played very well. Andre Drummond was active. Uh, Reggie Jackson played a heck of a first half. Luke Canardo, I'm going to get to in a second, pumped in 27. It was a good win. But this team will only go as so far as Blake Griffin takes them. And when you're taken out of the lineup, 24.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, you're leading assist man at 5.5 assists a game, um, it's going to be tough. So the hope now is with the series not starting until Sunday in Milwaukee, and with two days off between games one and two, that the Pistons can somehow find a way to get Blake Griffin as healthy as possible for this run. What I loved about the regular season was this guy played 75 games. If I would have told you at the start of the year that Blake Griffin was going to miss only seven games all year, and some of those were rest, you would have thought, uh, I, I was crazy. 
because Blake Griffin has been injury-prone over the last few years. He's had injury-riddled seasons over the last few years in L.A. with the Clippers and has not been able to stay healthy. And, yes, now the timing is terrible for him to have a, a, a knee that's kicking a little bit. But look back on this regular season. This guy played his tail off. This guy played incredible basketball all year long. Made the all-star team. And again, you're talking 24 and a half, 7 and a half, and 5 and a half. That's a damn good uh, stat line each and every night. And to see him on the bench uh, Wednesday night with against the Knicks, cheering on his teammates in street clothes and being that leader, they're going to need to rely on him, whether he's healthy or not, to help them throughout this process. But kudos to, to, to Blake Griffin for carrying this team for a majority of the season. The ball was in his hands, majority of the possessions, and he delivered. So if you want to hate on this team, if you want to bring up negatives, and, and you can, there's plenty of things this team lacks. And the last couple of weeks have not been pretty. But I don't see how anybody can point the finger at Blake Griffin and say they've been disappointed in his performance playing 35 minutes a night. He's not 27 anymore. Number two, I mentioned before, or number three, excuse me, mentioned Dwayne Casey, mentioned uh, Blake Griffin. I want to tip my cap to Luke Kennard because Luke Kennard, uh, you know, came into this league disappointed very early on as a rookie. In his second year, certainly is not putting up the, the numbers that Spider Mitchell out in Utah is putting up. And Donovan Mitchell is tremendous, and we could sit here and go back and forth about why Stan Van Gundy and Jeff Bauer didn't draft. We could do that all day. That's a waste of time. The X factor for the Pistons moving forward, and if they can win some games, and if they can surprise people, and if they can make this a series with Milwaukee, it's Kennard. The guy shooting nearly 40% from three-point range, is a threat on the offensive end with confidence right now. And making two-point shots, too, at 49%. And he is the he is the X factor on this team. If Luke Kennard starts heating up against Milwaukee, it just opens up so much more for the Pistons' offense to, to elevate their game. Now, and we're going to get into this before Sunday, and we'll do another podcast before Sunday. The biggest issue for the Pistons is going to be stopping Milwaukee. They couldn't do that all year. The Bucks averaged 114.5 points per game in the four regular season wins over Detroit. Pistons have got to find a way to slow down Giannis and the Bucks. But I think the Pistons have a shot in games if Kennard is the Luke Kennard we saw on Wednesday against the Knicks. Because he's a big wing who can elevate and shoot the three. And it just opens up so much more for Andre Drummond inside, for Blake Griffin inside and outside, for Reggie Jackson and Ish Smith out on the perimeter. And it's something to behold for sure when Luke gets hot. Here was Luke Kennard last night. Asked about getting into the playoffs and what it means to him and certainly his teammates. It feels great. Um, you know, credit to the entire team all season. Um, you know, we, we hit some adversity, uh, win streaks, losing streaks. Um, we, we stuck together. Um, we trusted each other, trusted the coaching staff, um, and we were able to get in. Um, it's 
a great accomplishment, um, but obviously we're, we're not done yet. So a pretty happy Luke Kennard in the locker room uh, following the win on Wednesday night, which the Pistons clinched a playoff spot. 27 points, knocked down four threes. Over the last two nights, Luke Kennard hit nine three-pointers and finished with a total of 42 points in two games. He's just a difference maker. And I'm not saying he's going to bust out against the Bucks. Think about this. Luke Kennard averaged eight points a game. Eight points a game in the four games against Milwaukee in the playoffs. It's going to have to be a lot more if the Pistons are going to have a chance to win that series. But you're seemingly looking at a guy, drafted number 12 in 2017, in just his second year, that may be turning the corner and helping this team get to a, to new heights. Right? There are certainly teams calling Jeff... Uh, I almost said Jeff Bauer. I, God bless Jeff Bauer. Um, certainly teams calling Ed Stefanski about Luke Kennard at the deadline. And as Ed told me a few months ago on this very show, they weren't looking to trade him because they view that as almost like another first-round pick. The Pistons do have other shooters. All right? You know, Langston Galloway, very streaky. They, they've got some other guys that can shoot. Ish Smith can shoot it. Blake Griffin can shoot the three. But the one guy you know that can be, uh, you know, a rifleman, can be a guy that can can stretch the defense and can get hot, certainly is number five, Luke Kennard. And, you know, whether it was the Golden State loss when he knocked down 20, whether it was the Phoenix win when he had 16, whether it was the, the Cleveland game a few weeks back when they blew out the Cavs and he had 26, he's very capable of lighting it up. And it would just make things so much easier for the Pistons offensively if he was playing at a consistent level. And it, it's a lot to ask for a young kid, for sure. But he's capable. And when he's off and not making shots, it could be a long night. But you know, as Tim McCormick and Grant Long pointed out on the Fox Sports Detroit postgame show last night, you know, Milwaukee is not the greatest team defending the three. They are unbelievable at the rim. They've got some rim protectors and Giannis and, and Lopez and others. But as far as defending the three, there's going to be some shots there for Kennard and others to knock down. So we'll see if that works out. But I view this as a successful season because the, the goal was to get in and the Pistons got in. And I know, like we talked about, they're streaky as hell. <laughs> All right. You watch the Pistons. Think about this over the last two and a half weeks. Three straight losses, two straight wins. Three straight losses, two straight wins. They are very, very streaky. But now they're getting an opportunity for Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, mentioned Kennard, Ish Smith. These guys are now getting this opportunity. Langston Galloway. They're getting an opportunity. Thon Maker, who's been in the playoffs but they're getting a chance to get some playoff experience and getting a taste of it and getting into the the tournament. You know, Wayne Ellington's been there, but Bruce Brown hasn't. They need these guys to get that experience. No one's saying the Pistons are going to win a championship this year. No one's saying that. But I think what we are saying is they needed to get in. They put their chips in the middle of the table and... Didn't sell at the deadline. They got rid of Reggie Bullock, but you know they they think that you know they kind of added addition by some you know they 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 had some subtraction, but they had some addition with Wayne Ellington. 
Um, but to get to 41 and 41, no one's doing backflips about it. Let's be honest. In the Eastern Conference, finishing behind Brooklyn, who hasn't had a first-round pick in ages and is a younger team than Detroit, and finishing behind Orlando, who snuck up on people, that, that that's nothing to celebrate and go crazy about. But I think we can be happy that while the Lions, Tigers, and Red Wings haven't sniffed the postseason in a while, your Detroit Pistons will be there. So now you hop on board and you watch Sunday, or you come down next week when the Pistons play Saturday and Monday, and, 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 and you see if it can get exciting. They are not facing the Cavs with LeBron. Milwaukee 60-22, and 22, yes, very good. And boy, can they score it. To the tune of 118 points per game. And Giannis is a beast. But get into it and embrace it and be happy they're back in the postseason because that's what that was the goal at the start of the year and they achieved it. That'll do it for this edition of Wired, brought to you by Jeep. My name is Matt Derry. A preview of Game 1 Sunday will come your way in the next couple of days on your podcast feed. Be ready for it right here on Wired. We'll talk to you again in a couple of days.